In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Christ is risen. Christos Anesti. Christos Voskrese. Christ Amasicham. As you have uh, seen this morning, this gospel is a rather, a little bit longer than the average gospel we read on a Sunday, and there's so much to talk about. How, again, please pray for me. How do you cut things, how do you pick one thing to talk about so that we can remember it and not lose all of our attentions? So today, oops, today I have, we're going to focus on one idea. This idea that God thirsts for man more than man thirsts for God. Yes, this woman at the well was thirsty. And she was thirsty for meaning and thirsty to be fulfilled. And she was looking in all the wrong places to be fulfilled. She was looking in a succession of men, hoping to find in in a love with man of, all, of both physical and spiritual nature, she would be fulfilled as she was not. She looked to the false heretical temple of the Samaritans, this, this kind of pseudo-temple that was built in place of the actual temple in Jerusalem to fulfill her thirst. And she could not be, her thirst cannot be quenched either by that either. It was only by, fa- by finding the true, true God, the true Messiah, who was promising the true worship in the Holy Spirit, then she could be fulfilled. But this could not happen until she thirsted, yes, because how could anyone's thirst be quenched if someone is not seeking themselves? But also this could not happen until Jesus Christ himself thirsted for this woman. Now, God thirsts for everyone, not just the good, whatever that means, not just the righteous, but God thirsts for all human beings, even a woman like this, the Samaritan woman, or any sinners or saints, God is thirsting for them, because God, his will is to make common people holy, to make common men holy to make women holy, to make Jews holy, to make Gentiles holy, to make every single human being to become holy. This is why we sing about our God's greatness, because this is completely unique among any God that has been worshipped in the world. This is why we sing on Easter, who is so great a God as our God? For you, you are the God who does wonders. It is wonderful that our God thirsts for mankind. Zeus did not thirst for mankind. Our God thirsts for mankind. Now what evidence is there in this gospel passage this morning that God is thirsting for this woman here, this individual? And by proxy through her, he thirsts for every one of us even here. What evidence is there that God is interested and thirsts? What can we see in this passage of the Samaritan woman? And there is startling evidence. First of all, this woman lived in Samaria. 
Those of you who know the Bible know that Jews did not, could not, would not go into Samaria because of their history. We talked about their history last year. We talked about the temple that they built, this fake temple on another mountain that really angered the Jews and angered God. And so Jews would not go into Samaria. Yet Jesus insisted on going into Samaria. He diverted his way. He went out of his way to go into Samaria. Why would he do that? Because he thirsted for the people of Samaria and he wound his way and found this very woman here. Now Jesus is breaking his very own rule. In Matthew chapter 10, he says to his disciples, it says, sending out the 12, Jesus said, do not go to the Gentiles or the city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. Jesus set this rule for his disciples as they were going out two by two so that they would not be deceived or be uh, engaged or be attracted by this false worship because they were still babies. They were still immature. So Jesus gave them this canon, this rule not to go there. But Jesus himself, he's not, Jesus is not afraid of heresies. Jesus is not afraid of falsehood. He cares for each soul in that land. So Jesus went into the land of the Samaritans and he broke his own rule. Thus, he broke his own rule to go in the Samaritans in order to be hospitable even to the Samaritans and even to this woman. That's the first evidence. The second evidence that Jesus thirsted for this woman is that he came and he is the one who initiated the dialogue. She's just gathering water, minding her own business. When Jesus goes to her, a Jew, again, did not speak to none to Samaritans, and especially to a woman. And while she was going about her business, it was he who said to her, give me a drink because he's thirsty. And then the woman even noticed this, this strange thing. Why do you, a Jewish man, speak to me, a Samaritan woman? See, Jesus designed this moment tailored for this woman so that he could reveal himself, his messiahship to her and to her particularly. And this is when he says he has this, they have this dialogue back and forth. And Jesus says, if you knew to whom you were speaking, you would not ask for regular water, but you would ask for divine things. You would ask for the living water. You would know as the Messiah I can bestow upon you the Spirit of God and you can be completely holy. And a little bit later when she, when she mentions that she, the, she also is waiting for the Messiah, Jesus says to her, one of the few times in the New Testament, he says very specifically he is the Messiah. I who am speaking am he. So despite her sinful condition, God engaged her opening a door, offering a new life in Christ by the Spirit and the truth, out of which would flow living water into this woman, filling and healing all the cracks in her soul that she herself could not mend. Now tell me that God does not want to heal every single person. That is not God's will. 
The third evidence is that he was very honest, brutally honest with the truth about this woman's condition. We all know her condition. She had five husbands and she had one person she was living with without, with, that was not her husband. And despite all this, Jesus spoke to the truth about her need to repent, but he did so with compassion and he did the, so with positivity and with a promise that she can have the full life. And this converted her. She had true knowledge of who God is, and this changed her outlook and her changed her and it changed her life. It's as if Jesus says, Your past attempts were based on a lie, and have therefore you've had this subsequent failure of finding joy and fulfillment and peace and purity and chastity and happiness, because you've had these five husbands and this one that is not your husband. And you've been worshiping in this temple and and ignoring the worship in spirit and truth. You have been barking up the wrong tree. But I see that you're thirsting for knowledge because she was a seeker. Now, here's another little background about the Samaritans. They only believed in the first five five books of the Bible called the Pentateuch. They from Genesis until the Exodus and the law, that's all they believed. They didn't recognize the prophets as scripture. They did not recognize Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel as scripture. They did not, re- they did not recognize the prophets who, who uniquely spoke about the Messiah. They did not, the Samaritans did not recognize that as scripture. But this woman obviously was educated, and obviously she, she knew the, the prophets, the forbidden texts among her people. How do we know this? Because she said she was waiting for the Messiah. She would not know this unless she knew of these other prophecies and believed them herself. So she thirsted. She was an educated woman. She sought. And so Jesus saw this woman as someone who was ready and willing and worthy to have the Messiah revealed to her in a unique and personal way. Now, this completely changed her life. She got so excited. She was so illumined. In fact, you may know or may not know the tradition in this church is that we call her Saint Fotini, the one, the woman at the well, the one Fotini means the one who is illumined. And she became very bold. She went to the city and told all her Samaritan brothers and sisters about what she had found. She invited them to come listen to him. And they came themselves and said, Fotini, we believe you, but we no longer need to believe you because we believe the words that Jesus himself spoke. And the Samaritans, many of them, were converted at that moment. So this is a very powerful story of Jesus thirsting, of this woman thirsting, and this common thirst coming together is what we call the church and is what we call the Orthodox Church. Now, this woman, the church also calls her the equal to the apostles because she went out and spoke the word, is the model 
I hope, and let's all hope together, the model of our little humble parish of St. Sophia. Because as God thirsts for us, God is thirsting for everyone in our little town here to come here and to be in God's presence. St. Sophia, like that well of Jacob in the desert, is an oasis of living water to everyone in our city who is thirsting to come to it. And we have done, by God's grace, we have accomplished much. We have many new faces in our community, even in this room today, and many people you may not even know about. Now, yesterday, I went to visit someone who yearns to come to church, but he cannot come to church because he is not physically able to. And that person is Wally. Remember Wally? Old Wally. He just celebrated his 96th birthday on, Palm, on our Palm Sunday. 96 years old. He's been coming here for the last two or three years. You know what I'm talking about, Maria? That because, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to single out Maria and Louie and Evelyn and the mall walkers, because he said to me that he is so grateful that after his 93 years, that he was able to find a community of, he said this, nice people. Being nice really is a holy gift that God gives us and for us to pass it on. And you know what? 96 years, he received communion happily. We had a great conversation. He was so happy. And this is credited to you, to this community. So let's keep it up with all the people in our, around to come in. Welcome them with a smile. Welcome them with a handshake. Invite them to keep coming back. Teach them a, try as best as you can. What, by your experience, you don't need to be book knowledge theologians to, to pass on the Orthodox faith, but what's in your heart and your experience and the joy and being God's presence and recognizing that our Lord is the Messiah, saying this to other people has and has had and will have an impact that changes lives and will change our own lives as well.